Tuesday, September 12th, 2022. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We have She-Hulk episode four with Tim Kelly. It's the deep dive. But before we get to that, we'll talk some Tuesday Louisiana Downs. Just a few weeks remaining at Louisiana. I'm out there each and every day on the broadcast providing selections and analysis. So we'll dive into some Tuesday thoughts for you. And then we'll get into the scene-by-scene breakdown of She-Hulk Episode 4 on this episode of That's What G Said. That is presented by BetterThan.Vegas at BTV Bets on Twitter. Give them a follow right now. It is a great time to follow at BTV Bets. Live streams, free analysis, free help for all of your wagers during football season with college football plays, DFS, daily fantasy stuff. Sunday morning, we have a show that goes at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time with myself, with Eric, who you hear on this show each and every week, with Kyle, the DFS Bachelor. We dive into every single game, uh, up to the date, uh, up to date look at injury reports, lines, anything that's changed heading into the games on Sunday. So give us a follow at BTV Bets. So much great content over there, and it's all free. Right now, We're going to dive right into the horse racing portion of this episode. Let's talk some Louisiana Downs in just a moment. But before, let's hear about some of our friends in horse racing. racing fans many of us have been using the drf the daily racing form for years studying the races keeping up to date on news with all the articles i remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever i was going now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use drf with drf.com and the newly optimized drf mobile you can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse And you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with, with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is very similar to the DRF classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering, 
multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. Better you want to spread your pony knowledge Download the Stable Duel app and play today. Remember, every Friday morning, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, we have that free Stable Duel live stream with analysis, best bets for Friday and for Saturday. We give you all the details for the big Stable Duel games for Friday and for Saturday with Matt DeSantis and with Barry Spears. Come and check it out. We'll try to lead you to only horses that are 5 to 1 or over on the morning line. So we're only looking to give out big prices, 10, 15, 20 to 1 shots some of the time. We really want to help you make money all throughout the weekend in your wagers and playing in those stable duel games. Let's talk some Tuesday. There's actually a free contest on Tuesday at Louisiana Downs if you want to play uh, along. All you have to do is head on over to Twitter, follow me, follow Louisiana Downs on Twitter, which is at Louisiana Downs. Follow me, it's me, Gino B. And I always post a tweet that says Money Monday, and then on Tuesday, which will be tomorrow's, it'll say two for Tuesday. All you have to do is respond to that tweet. Make sure you're following me in Louisiana. Give us your best bet, one horse in the pick four, which is races four through seven. So one horse in races four, five, six, or seven, post your best bet for the day, and we randomly pick two of the people that respond, and we put 20 bucks to win on your horse. Six of the last 10 that we've selected have won. We've been on a roll just sending people money all over the place. It's been a blast. Let's dive into the Tuesday card for Louisiana Downs. First post, 4.05 Eastern Time, 3.05 Central Time, which is local time there at Louisiana. We kick it off with a five-for-long turf sprint, 20,000 non-winners of two. The two-horse is the horse to beat, dropping in class, coming off of a couple allowance races. The three is in really nice form and steps up and can pass and is a little versatile. So I like the three over the two. Then with the six, follow the Saint in the third spot. You have some outside speed getting back to the turf after taking a shot on the dirt. I'm three, two, six in the opener. I'd make a win wager on La La Latte if we can get over like three to one. In the second race, Maiden Special Weights. These are two-year-olds, six furlongs, sprinting. The six-horse Bello Credo goes out for trainer Shane Wilson who's been pretty good with their last first time start uh, their recent string of first time starters their last five couple winners and a couple runner ups there the three horse brave magic that's the horse to beat coming off the back to back runner up efforts proven speed and then you have the one moro outlaw if he were drawn towards the outside I'd like him a little bit more. The rail can be a little tricky for a young horse like this, but he should be sitting in a nice spot right in that second flight, and he should have every opportunity in here. 6-3-1 in the second. That's where the uh, the pick six jackpot starts. 
low takeout pick five in race three at Louisiana. You can play a 50 cent pick five for just 15% takeout, and there's turf and dirt racing, which is always nice for you pick five players. But the six horse was interesting. Uh, TDZ High Court, the turf effort on June 17th at Evangeline was really good. Beaten just a neck that day. Flash speed throughout. Now drawn towards the outside. Getting back to the turf after a couple starts on the uh, on the main track. A couple that were actually on a muddy racetrack. So this is where I'm expecting some major improvement uh, from TDZ High Court. The second spot will use the one. Got a deal the first time starter. Dan was a winner on the turf. Two winning turf sibs. Joe Foster, very good with the first-time starters and having a nice meet with those firsters. The five, Corte, does have a decent little turf pedigree here and a very capable first-time-out barn lures Jose Guerrero. 6-1-5 in the third. Let's move to race number four. Six furlongs on the main track. Remember, this one kicks off your pick four. 15% low takeout. You have a 50-cent base wager for the pick fours. I like the four, Bodie Bodie, who got bumped around and squeezed back to sixth in his last start. And he, he was inside. He was about three lengths off. He just couldn't make up ground under some in some slow fractions that day. He's a little better than that. And now he gets to move back in with Louisiana Breads. The seven will also be on the bulk of my tickets. That's Priced Wright, who looks like the one to catch in here. Underneath, the six, Brooke is golden. The three, Callan Fields Good would be in that next tier, but I, I like the 4-7 a little on top of those others. Let's move to race number five. Five furlongs on the turf, 12-5 non-winners of three. I thought the five, Bayou Bow cutting back can sit off the pace a little bit. Does have a winning turf sib. So at five furlongs, this could be a nice trip for this gelding. Second off the short little break. Overall, you dive into his form race by race, and he's Pretty consistent overall. I'll use the five all over the place. Bayou Bo. We'll bet a we'll bet him to win if we can get five to one plus. Young Tuscan on the outside. He's probably the horse to beat in here. The one Sonic City gonna move into the uh, Renee Burrell barn. And they take another swing on the turf. This horse has a really good turf race back in August of 2020 going along on the turf. We'll see if they can show some of that form shortening back up after. Kind of a disappointing effort on the grass last time out at, at a short price. Three and two, also major players. I mean, High Tone is going to be one of the favorites in here. I'm just not quite as high on him. The two, one tough Charlie. I wouldn't really talk you off at a price. He has some big time speed and one of the quickest, if not the quickest in here. He may have to deal with young Tuscan, who to the outside just has the opportunity to sit a little bit more, I think, from uh, from out there. I'm using the 5-7 all over the place. And then on top of 1-3-2 and two, if you wanted to go deeper or use some unders. Let's move to race number 6. Louisiana bred Phillies and Mares. 3-year-olds and up. Going 6 furlongs on the dirt. I like the 4 in here. Golden Smiles coming off a 3rd place finish. The last 2 efforts for this 5-year-old Mare have been in races behind really sharp next out winners. Golden Smiles has that nice tracking style where she should... You know, keep herself in striking range, and she's going to move back in with Louisiana Reds after a string of races against Open Company. The one Vale Male has the rail draw here, but does have some speed, and I think enough speed to flee the rail. Probably a little quicker than the horses drawn right next door, if asked for a little bit of speed. 
So from the inside, hoping they can just use that rail and uh, and you know flash some of that speed to at least get positioning. The seven uh, will also be flashing some speed from way out there. The six Philly wins. It's going to come into the Carl Broberg barn first start off the claim. Very difficult to dismiss these types of runners. And, you know, you wanted to go a little deeper. Even the five, the boys galaxy is a horse who has a lot of wins right here. This eight-year-old mare has races recently that are not far off what it would take to beat these. And they're certainly capable. She's eight to one. So another race where I have a top tier with four, one. Then below them, six, seven, and five, depending on how you're playing, you know, how deep you wanted to go. Let's move to the seventh and final on the Tuesday card at Louisiana Downs. Two-year-old maidens, these are Louisiana breads, six furlongs on the dirt. The two wishert for Joe Foster had a couple winners at the meet already with the two-year-olds. And this damn crystal image won her lone start going six furlongs at Monmouth. So it was her debut. And has she's produced two winning siblings. One of them won the debut. So we have uh, just winners with the dam and the siblings. Uh, a couple of winning sibs. And then one of them won the debut as well as the dam. Lots of positives there. The eight horse, Rocket Doctor with the experience coming off of that good runner-up effort. When he stepped forward in his second start, he's probably the horse they'll have to beat. The 11, Big Tap Baby. He moves inside to outside. Getting off the rail could really help in here. The one, My Glory B, the blinkers come on. He has some ability, but he draws the rail again, and he's he was a little green, and that may always be a problem from the rail. Let's see if the blinkers can help straighten him out. Uh, the four, Calico, first-time starter for Shane Wilson with Jose Guerrero aboard, very capable connections. If this horse is a price... Definitely one that you want to use in some of your exotics. 2, 8, 11, 1, and 4. I always just, you know, put 4 or 5 deep usually just in case there's one race where I single and then spread around or maybe I'm playing some exactus tries where I put a horse or two on top of some others and I always like that. Maybe there's some scratches come race day and I can kind of look around and see if the race is going to change and maybe how I how I um, tier horses. I usually put them in tiers. I like these, you know. A lot of people do it like their A's and their B's and their C's. I'm doing the same sort of thing. I'm just not putting them into the ticket maker. I'm just doing it myself, which same sort of thing. So good luck on Tuesday over at Louisiana Downs. Now we have to talk about Cindy Carava, full service realtor. One of the longtime sponsors of That's What She Said podcast. As a full service realtor, she can help you out with buying, with selling, with leasing. So anything you need in the world of real estate. Now, she focuses in on the San Gabriel Valley, North San Diego County. But if you're in an area that you need some help, get in contact with Cindy. She will put you in contact with someone that she knows, someone that she trusts, someone that she's worked with. Website, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. She can also help you with home improvement. She'll connect you with all sorts of vendors like gardeners, landscapers, painters, Folks that she's worked with, that she has experience with. If you need help getting pre-approved for a home loan, she'll connect you with the right type of lenders that'll make that process much, much easier for you. Anything you need, Cindy will help you out. So knowledgeable about everything going on, the way the market is moving. If you just have some questions, maybe you're curious to see how much your home is worth. She'll do a free market analysis of your home's value 
C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. That's the website. You can find reviews of her on Yelp and Zillow. All the projects and listings that she has are up on that website too. You can just one click to get in contact with her there. CindyCarava.com. We're going to get into She-Hulk episode four with Tim Kelly. But as the holiday season comes upon us, think about it. Up next, it's going to be Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas. We need candles for all occasions. Don't forget about our friends at sarahcandles.com, C-E-R-A candles.com. That promo code Gino will get you 10% off your order. Let's hear a little bit more about Sarah Candles. So you want to set the mood. You're looking for something all natural. Soy wax. Non-toxic, baby. Scents for every season. Now don't be afraid, baby. Just spell it out. C-E-R-A-Candles.com And don't forget, promo code Gino gets you 10% off. Mmm. Mmm. It's time to talk She-Hulk. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We're going to get into episode four of She-Hulk with Tim Kelly. It's the scene-by-scene breakdown and the deep dive unlike any other podcast that you get. Lots of great content out there. Lots of shows that do the short recaps or the little longer, but very rarely do you get the scene-by-scene deep dive like this. Thanks so much again to Tim Kelly for joining us. We'll be here with you each and every week. Right now, we get into episode four of She-Hulk. Episode four of She-Hulk is in the books. So Tim Kelly joins for the deep dive. We get into everything that happened in episode four of She-Hulk. So spoiler alert right now, as we are introduced to Jen Dating and a couple (laughs) characters that I absolutely love. Donnie Blaze. Yes. Madison with a yes. lie, but it's not where Both you great. think it is. I yeah, I gotta say, I I had a blast with a lot of this episode. Um, man, her and Wong have, they just have this hilarious chemistry to where I want to see yeah. her. Wongers, what's <laughs> going on? We talked about last uh, one of the last few weeks about how. It's hard sometimes when people play like drunk or high or messed up. Mm-hmm. I think this girl does a fan. She's a comedian, and I think she yeah. does a really good job of playing that girl. You know, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I've so, seen comics do that before pretty pretty well, and I thought that uh, she nailed it. You know, uh, she did that drunk girl uh, vibe just like to a T. And we had the really strong A and B storylines throughout this episode where Jen is dating. But she's also dealing with this case with Wong, so that feels like the template. I think moving forward now, it's mm-hmm. sort of the it's the legal show where you're gonna have a f- fun, maybe like a case of the week type thing. Yeah. Um, I I thought as far as like some of the jokes and some of the hits, this was one of the better um, and funnier yeah. episodes overall, where it did it mm-hmm. felt like you know. They're they're pushing the boundaries a little bit as far as the MCU and like dating and adult stuff. Yeah. And this is probably as far as we've gotten in, in you know, like an adult going through dating, joking about yeah. sex, like picking up a guy and taking him into the bedroom. Um, yeah. So they are they are at least uh, taking a different approach with this show, which I like. And I think I'm fine with the week to week type of show like this. We do know that we're going to get 
Bruce coming back. We're going to have Daredevil at some point. Titania feels like someone that they're now really starting to make a bigger, more important um, foil here. But I, I yeah. feel pretty good about coming off of this episode. I, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, this was a step up for me. Um, it wasn't perfect in my eyes. Uh, the show hasn't been that for me so far. But uh, this was the funniest one yet. And I thought that that was something they really needed. I mean, for a sitcom, that's kind of the the, the first thing on the list is you got to be funny. And I laughed out loud a few times during this episode, genuinely. Uh, and it was a great sign immediately seeing, as you mentioned, uh, Donnie Blaze, uh, the actor. Bill, Billy Coral, Walsh. Who, Billy Walsh, one of my favorite characters from any TV show ever. I love that Maddie. character. <laughs> he is phenomenal. He's actually... Married to the director um, of the show, Kate Kate Quaro. Wonder how he got uh, I this role. You know, yeah. Really <laughs> Nepotism. <laughs> yeah, no, but he absolutely earned it. He's he's oh, a for sure, actor. for sure. Now, oh, he is so great, and he, there's something about him that, in the nicest way possible, just screams like, "I'm a phony guy trying to steal your money." Mm. I, I don't know he what does it that is. well. You yeah, know, he's got a grifter energy. He does. He does. So uh, this was a a blast. This was a a really fun episode. We're going to get into it scene by scene. We'll go through our uh, our deep dive of She-Hulk episode four, where Jen starts dating. She's on Matcher, which is just like Tinder. And we actually kick off the episode, TK, with Mm -hmm. our previously on then the Marvel Studios intro. And we see Donnie Blaze performing a magic act at a place that that is basically like um, a play on the Magic Castle out here in L.A. Have yeah. you ever been there? I have, and I've always wanted to go. I actually have an invite. I have one of those cards, and I, I want to use it one of these days soon. I, I know, man. I've always wanted to get there. So <laughs> in the Magic Castle, for those of you who may not know, is a pretty, like, well-respected place here in L.A. Yeah. where it's kind of tough to get in. It's always – Invite only. It's invite only, and it's really – Fun. The place is very exciting when you get in there. There's a big buzz. It's it's sort of the opposite of how this place looked, where it's like a quarter yeah. full. Nobody's paying attention to any of the tricks yeah. that he's doing. Nobody cares. He's this was the lame version. Exactly. The people are not amazed. He creates little bursts of fire from his hands, but nobody cares. For my next illusion, the great Donnie Blaze needs assistance from a volunteer, and. Uh, it's this drunk girl who volunteers, and she says, it's Madison with two N's and one Y, but not where you think. And I love how she says that twice in the episode. It's perfect. I do, too. It's like her it's thing. Like, it's like her Daenerys intro. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, she has to say it every time. Like, Wong will say his full his full uh, title. And, right. Um, and just, of course, Donnie calls Shakespeare, Billy Shakes. Billy Shakes, yeah. That <laughs> it's was just phenomenal. like, come on. Uh, come, as the great Billy Shakes once said, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Yeah. So the crowd's just not into any of his tricks. But off stage, this guy's looking at him like, do the thing, do the thing, do it. And it's this older man that we do come to uh, meet named Cornelius, who's actually the owner of this place. He is the uh, we have we his title pops up in a little bit. It's like um, curator of magic and curiosity for the mystic for the mystic castle. 
So these guys are these guys are magicians who take it very seriously. They think that their <laughs> their magic is real and that uh you know that you must be respecting what they do. Now Billy uh Billy Walsh, our guy Donnie, he actually has been partially trained in the mystic arts. He had a week of training at Camartage with Wong. He has a sling ring still. So he uses yeah. a sling ring to open a portal to this barren wasteland looking place. And that's what he's doing as his tricks. He's opening portals and he's like transporting women through these portals. Yeah. He's pushing them into these unknown places and ta-da, they're gone. You know, I made her so disappear. Dangerous. So <laughs> dangerous, by the way. Not just because of like where you're sending them, but like remember from previous movies how Doctor Strange used those portals to like sever limbs and things like that. Like you yes. close the portal on somebody, you're cutting them in half. And he's not exactly uh, an expert when it comes to this stuff. He's just, you could tell he doesn't even feel really comfortable doing it because it, it's sort of like his last his last stitch effort on stage. He'll, he'll try a couple right. of the other things. And if people don't like it, it's like, ah, okay, I got to go get the sling ring and open it up. So we when we see him <laughs> to open this thing up, like you said, we don't really ever know where he's sending people. We don't really know what's on the other end of it. So it is very dangerous. Mephisto. Mephisto. <laughs> but but that is the first thing I was going to bring up with that barren wasteland. I mean, <laughs> we've heard about Mephisto since the first <laughs> of the Disney Plus shows that we did. Yeah. WandaVision. All the way back to Wanda. Yeah. And we've been getting teased by things here and there. But she actually mentions in just a few minutes a demon with a goat face. TK, are we finally going to get him? I think so. I think that might be Jake Mephisto she's referring to. Yep, yep. Jake the goat face Mephisto. So uh, we'll get there in just a minute. But I, I thought when I saw this wasteland of a place that that may be, because we got little glimpses of places when Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, when he was falling into all these different places, dimensions, and so you... We've we've got a lot of like little teases of places that I think we're going to be revisiting in um in yeah. you know future shows and movies, but we do know that Madison's in Kathmandu now. <laughs> Wong is watching The Sopranos. He's got a nice little chill space yeah. set up for binging. Oh yeah, know? got the couch. Yeah, absolutely. Some, some biscuits here that he's munching Quite on, and uh, <laughs> and as he's watching The Sopranos. Madison drops <laughs> just drops right in yeah, uh, uh, right into Wong's room and she's holding a live beating heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she says where am I what happened to all the goblins who are you are you the goblin king <laughs> Wong's like no I'm not where did you come from I, I gotta say this this girl she makes me laugh like every time and and a lot yeah. of these girls, like, these characters usually annoy me. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. does a really good job of, like, and it's got to be some of it that it's, that it's with Wong. And she's playing off of Wong, which makes it great. Yeah. Um, he's a great he's, straight man. He says, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, but now my dad lives in Phoenix with his new family. So I go there sometimes. He married this such, woman. <laughs> such great towns, by the way. Like, it, for that, for those towns to be her genesis, like, her origin, yes. like, that's. Perfect. Fort Lauderdale, Phoenix, like those are party towns. 
uh, he married this woman. And then Huang interrupts. Wait, did a cut rate magician send you? So he's referencing Donnie here. Um, <laughs> she says, uh, not exactly. He sent me to a diff dimension, and a talking goat <laughs> helped me escape a lava pit in exchange for six drops of my blood. And <laughs> then I kind of like browned out, and now I'm here. <laughs> she said browned out too. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it's like a regular goat. thing for her. Yeah. Long uh, goes, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm going to send you home. And uh, he asks what her address is. She goes, I don't even remember. And then she's drunk, and then she notices on the TV that he's watching The Sopranos. Yeah. So she's Spoiler like, alert. <laughs> oh, hey, like, cool. So she wants to sit down, and she totally spoils, like, a huge yeah. plot line, like a major episode of The Sopranos. Honestly, I don't even think 20 years later it's appropriate to spoil something like that. I would that. just like, say I don't even want to spoil that right now by yeah, saying what it no. is. No. I Especially the, even the one later on, that's even worse. There's a second spoiler that happens later. I can't believe they did that. Like, if somebody was upset at that first one and then they kept watching it and then they got that second one, I, I mean, I could, I could totally understand them throwing the remote through the TV. And, and like, that would be so upsetting if you got to is it, like season five and then got that spoiled. I was going to say, is it like hard to believe that a few people who are watching this show are rewatching Sopranos or like binging I, Sopranos? And You've got a lot of people that have just come of age to to appreciate it, and you know it's the age of streaming, HBO Max, and you know gosh. DVDs been out for a while. So it's like a, people that's a classic series people are going to re- revisit for a while, I, and it's not like, like one that. of those like it's not one of those iconic things that everybody knows. Like even even like the Vader, I, I am your father kind of thing. Like that's been just so parodied and everything. Like people catch wind of that before they're going to watch Star Wars, probably. But like the, the Sopranos thing, like. If you're taking the time right now in, in 2022 to watch The Sopranos for the first time and you got that spoiled, man, that stinks. <laughs> that that would really that would really grind my gears. Yeah, I agree. It still makes me feel weird <laughs> just looking at it right now. And 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 what's great is that's sort of the catalyst for the mm-hmm. episode. Like that's <laughs> the thing that pisses Wong off so much that he he makes like Donnie Blaze stop doing the magic. It's the getting yeah. this spoiled for him. And, and, well, just I wonder what came before that, right? Like this was the straw that broke the camel's back. But like, yeah, how many other like, times has he gotten like a drunk girl like, show up in his season two, yeah. episode five, you know, whatever it was? He got another one. So so Wong's mad, and he says, uh, <laughs> "I love Madison." Says I cried for three days, <laughs> and he goes, "Donnie Blaze is going to pay for this." So, <laughs> um, now we cut to Jen. So Jen breaks the fourth wall immediately. She's wearing uh, a huge man's suit because she the clothes have to be big for when she transforms into the Hulk. Right. Because if she's wearing smaller clothes and she transforms into the Hulk, she busts through them all the time. So, so when she's <laughs> Jen, she's walking around in these huge baggy clothes that are just not flattering for her, for her and her like love life in, in particular. Um, she. Uh, she's in her apartment and she actually tells us, gosh, I guess you guys look happy. You saw that Wong is back. Everybody loves Wong. (laughs) It's like giving the show Twitter armor for a week, which is a a funny line there. Um, I want to point out uh, again, this is another like kind of writer inside joke. I know that's kind of where the, the, the fourth wall breaks are coming from in this. They're coming from the perspective of her acknowledging that it is a TV show, which is cool. Uh, but I, but I, 
on the other side of that, I kind of also feel like they're they're peppering in a lot of just like jokes for writers that for are a little, little too inside, maybe. To pop and the I, room. I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of iffy on it both ways. I, I laugh personally because I'm into I'm into writing and I'm into you know dissecting story beats and stuff like that. I just don't know if that if does that works. Hit, but I, I might be over everybody it. else as much. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. other thing I wanted to point out about that um, is I you mentioned this last week about rearranging the orders of, of the episodes, and I think that this is an example of that because there's no way they did that back to back and they had that line. You're right. Um, I think that this was probably going to be a later in the in the season episode, they probably found that, you know what, this is pretty funny. We need to put this up forward here, uh, up front a little bit uh, sooner so that we can keep people interested, put one of our, our stronger episodes. Better. People like Wong, uh, so uh, like that, that maybe they got that feedback and they uh, they wanted to go back to back with some Wong on this one. So I thought that You're was right. It does feel like that would have been, that was sort of really heavy social media type stuff. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so- also um, like Wong... Uh, being back. Ah, never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so Jen, as she's breaking the fourth wall, Pops walks in. Um, nice to see Pops again. And he's a little scared after the attack on Jen last week, but she definitely doesn't seem phased by this at all. He he has a <laughs> shovel, and he, she says, "What's the shovel for?" He says, "Digging holes." Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> and he, he says, "I don't need you to do any of this." Um, he says, you know, your daughter's a Hulk. I'm going to be fine. He asks what the police said. She said, look, I didn't even call the police. I was a prosecutor long enough to know that they're not going to catch these guys. But what if they come back? I'll kick their ass and you can use the shovel. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just a little interaction with the scared dad. But I will say, I mean, lock your door, Jen. Dad just walked right in. You know, you can at least lock yeah, your door. Right. I know you're a Hulk, but, you know, put a, put a lock on that bad boy. Now, TK, she has a to-do list where one of her – one of the bullets on her to-do list is edit to-do list. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that popped me. But, you know, this is this is just basic. Like she's at work, and she's in her office, and we see reminders for different cases, things that she needs to do for the Blonsky um, okay. parole stuff. Uh, stuff about self-improvement that I think a lot of people probably would have little reminders on how, you know, eat healthier or uh, finish her dating profile. So mm-hmm. this is pretty, pretty basic stuff here. I think that most people would have, except her, her list is like 17 pages long, you know? Right. So she creates a matcher profile, which is just like mm-hmm. Tinder or any of the yeah. dating apps that you, you'd been, you'd have been on. Um, but when she creates it, she uses a work picture that's very businesslike. It's a LinkedIn, basically. It's, it's so um, Nikki and Jen are talking back and forth. I think they have a pretty good relationship. They kind of have a fun. And and uh, the question I was going to ask is, mm-hmm. we do you think Nikki has a crush on her? Ooh. We kind of get that in dur- during this episode where. She talks about She-Hulk a little bit. She even mentions with the dating profile about being hetero. That was a line that she references. Uh, like, man, t- life is tough out there being a single hetero. So I, I was wondering if, you know, she's the one that keeps pushing her to date. And she's the one that seems very sort of infatuated. She even likes the She-Hulk. Right. That was something that devoted. I was, um, yeah. wasn't sure if that's a, a possibility, but at least something to to think, to have it to have it uh, spinning around. Yeah. Um, so they, they're basically like watching Jen's 
interview that was on the TV earlier, and Nikki's <laughs> sort of critiquing it. She's like, "Hey, we got to get some new clothes here. You don't have a really great fit when you're when you're on TV." She knows, um, and they're just sort of a little banter back and forth when Wong arrives through a portal out of nowhere. He says, uh, "Mrs. Walters, I have a legal situation of the greatest importance. I'm having an issue with a magician." Now, notice how I use the word magician in quotes. <laughs> she says, yes, I did. It's because he's not actual magician. This charlatan <laughs> goes by the name Donnie Blaze. He's a former student of the mystic arts, but was kicked out after a week because he summoned three kegs and a former fraternity brother, Kai Dog, to Kamartaz. <laughs> he's now performing cheap human tricks here in Los Angeles at the Mystic Castle. Notice how I... Not a Mystic Castle. Got it. So... <laughs> Donnie Blaze, which uh, we have to mention too, has to be a play on Johnny Blaze, which which is Ghost Rider, because in some of the early clips of the show, there was a poster that you could barely see, but you could make out the word Blaze at the end of it. So a lot of people thought that was Johnny Blaze and mm. sort of like a Ralph Boner moment almost here with, with Donnie Blaze, which... This one, these types of things, I'm I don't mind, you know, because it's yeah. fine. It's it's it. Nobody ever said Johnny Blaze, really. It wasn't like you. It wasn't like we got a bait and switch like we had before, maybe with Wanda's brother. That was a little different. This was sort of mm-hmm. kind of tongue in cheek, and you know what? For the most part, Johnny Blaze is a great freaking character too, man. I want to see yeah. more of him. Yeah, I mean, Reese Quarrow did such a great job with it, and uh, it, it's it's meant to be tongue-in-cheek. It's kind of a parody character. It's just a, a funny thing. Uh, it's meant to, almost as an Easter egg, the name. Now, I don't think it's meant to directly connect to Ghost Rider, but who knows? No. I mean, I, I just Googled Donnie Blaze Ghost Rider, and there's like, who is Donnie Blaze and She-Hulk? Fans speculate on future. Breaking down Donnie Blaze's Marvel Comics connection to Ghost Rider. Like, there's all this... You know, speculation is Donnie Blaze from this is from Screen Rant. Is Donnie Blaze the MCU's Ghost Rider, like with an exclamation point? Like, no, he's not. Obviously not. That's uh, that's some clickbait. That's bait. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, to me, it's it's just it's just a an, an homage. It's a little Easter egg. So recently, Donnie has been using the sacred teachings in his shows, sending volunteers into other realms for casual fun. But he barely has a grasp of the basics of interdimensional portaling. Practicing the mystic arts without proper training not only endangers people, but it risks untangling the material and astral planes. Jen, like, nods like she knows what's what's going on. Completely. Mm -hmm. Completely. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Wong needs to make an example out of Donnie Blaze. I need to set a precedent that no unlicensed persons ever attempt to practice the mystic arts again. So Jen thinks this could be pretty straightforward. Did he sign an NDA or a non-compete? No. Was there a contract when he began training? Students pledge themselves to be loyal servants of the mystic arts. Did you get that in writing? She asks Wong. <laughs> no, Miss Walters. No. We answer to a higher power that abides by the metaphysical laws of the space-time continuum. The time-space time, continuum. There we go. Time-space continuum. And she. That says, was something that was pointed out. Like, what's the what's the deal there? Because you know, in reality, it's the space-time continuum. Yes. That to how you know, the, the sorcerers view the world, like uh, their framework, does time come first to them and the way that it all fits together? And it is funny that at this point, Wong sitting here watching The Sopranos, I'm going to be watching This Is Us in a moment, yeah. but he, he knows pop culture, he sings songs, <laughs> he knows drinks, but when it comes to the legal system, no shot, like zero shot. That's, he, 
that's you know, a good point actually that's kind of that's a little bit of a weakness in the writing there I did, honestly i did like, think the you, same thing because i read that and yeah. saw it somewhere they're like but at this point this is a guy who knows so much about pop culture but he can't understand yeah. just basic laws um, yeah like you would it's it's kind of going back to that thing like for the joke you're making your character dumber than uh, he really would be and Absolutely. it kind of undermines the, the, the character a little bit. And, and that's something that I think the show needs to really be careful with, especially with dealing with characters outside of the, um, you know, in, in the general MCU. And that's what this is going to be from the from the look of it. We're going to see a lot of characters introduced. Are they all going to just go through this, this you know, churn and burn kind of like, uh, are they going to sort of ruin the, the legacy of their characters? Or like when, when, after She-Hulk, are we going to be able to see Wong in the in the same light, or is he going to be kind of a silly of a character? From now? Yeah, yeah. Have we have we turned him into a joke? Um, I hope not, uh, but that's no. something they got to be careful with. And I think you're, you're right. I don't I don't feel like we're there yet, but I don't want to get there. Right? With, I feel like with, we're getting. I feel like we're getting there. I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. Like we. Yeah. We, like I feel like, like Wong here a little bit. That's to say this this interaction right here. She goes, well, yeah. no, this is the American legal system. No judge is going to take right. this seriously unless we do things by the book. And then he he goes for another one, right? Oh, the book, the book of Ashanti. Well, no, yeah, the like... book of American laws. <laughs> do, do you want to leave your information with me this time? Uh, he pulls out a black business card. The Jimmy Woo. He's got a Jimmy Woo trick here. He, he <laughs> flicks the business card and then his information appears on it. I thought that was kind of cool, just the way it looked. Yeah. He flicks it. See, the, and that's one thing that's just what we're hitting on. He goes mm-hmm. from being, like, dumb, like, dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, she's giving him basic information that anyone would learn at, like, a like a children's level about the court yeah. system. And then, like, with context clues. Like, just yeah, st- and he standard know, context. But then two seconds later, he's being, like, very funny and cute, and he, like, he knows that this trick is something, like, cheap human tricks. Mm-hmm. It's something right. that's going to get over. So yeah, that's yeah. I agree with you. I don't I can feel the the Wong breaking, but then it's funny on the flip <laughs> side, the moments that he has with Madison, I don't mind, even though he's being exactly. kind of dumb there. So I guess it's all <laughs> in, in in context and and um and in as far as like the situation is concerned, but his business part I, I, I think go they ahead. gotta write this Wong. That's that's all I yeah. Think I oh, say. there we go. They gotta they gotta write this Wong. They gotta write the Wong there. Very well done. <laughs> Uh, business card just says Wong, Sorcerer Supreme, Master of the Mystic Arts. So Jen and uh, Nikki are out at the bar, and Jen's working, like always. She's a workaholic, so she checks off. Okay, I got, I'm done with Wong, cease and desist. And Nikki says, okay, now you got to do your dating profile. She says, oh, I got one more thing to do. Okay, last piece of the Blonsky parole brief. Woo-woo! And she says, did you just woo-woo a parole brief? <laughs> and Jen goes, yeah, I I did. I hated it as soon as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> and, um, th- that's a little one that I like. Okay, that sounds like something that a couple friends might say to each other, right? Like that's just mm-hmm. I could see my sister and her friend, like at, in like the mid thirties age, having an interaction kind of like that. And then yeah. this creeper old man comes over to them at the bar. Excuse me, ladies. I hate to see two stunning women sitting all alone. First off, <laughs> really? I mean. She- I love that a yeah. guy, the guys come up and and do this, and either one of you want to come with me. You know what I mean? Like they don't even have right. a, <laughs> whichever one of you. Uh, Nikki yeah. says, by by definition, there's two of us, so we're not alone. And then he says, "Can I buy you sexy ladies around a drinks?" Jen says, "Sir, 
we're clearly in the middle of work here. And when you change your mind, I'll be at the bar. And Jen says, like, this is why I don't date. Nikki reminds her, okay, you don't have to date that guy. There are plenty of non-gross people out there. Show me your match or profile. And she pulls it out. She shows her. And Nikki's like, oh, my, oh, my God. Uh, Jen actually thinks, look, it's not, it's pretty good. And Nikki's like, you were using your corporate headshot as a pro, a profile photo? Where's your first date going to be? A webinar? You know, she's <laughs> just trying to explain to her friend. And Jen, Jen's such a workaholic. She's like, I, I didn't want to show you. She says, okay, no judgment, but that was a bad choice. But Nikki grabs her phone and just starts swiping. She said, look, it's a numbers game here. 500 swipes, you, you'll get about a third of matches, and then that's when the real filtering happens. But as she's looking, she says, oof, hetero life is grim. <laughs> uh, but she does give Jen uh, an idea even. She says, "Why? what if you made a profile, hear me out, as She-Hulk? Which is sort of funny because Jen overall doesn't like the idea of having to be a character but she does seem like i mean she's liking the fact that people are liking she hulk more even here she really mm-hmm. smiles and says i thought you hated the name she hulk she kind of mm-hmm. perks up a little so she's doing it's this weird dance that i think a lot of the story is about her just coming to terms with being the she hulk what that entails and the fact that like right now a a lot more people are interested in She-Hulk than in regular old Jen. Yeah. And uh, I could see that being the case, you know, like, you know, people would be fetishizing this She-Hulk character and fascinated with, you know, the, the anomaly of it all. But a little bit of a faulty premise, to be honest. I mean, a woman on a dating app, like her successful lawyer, uh, beautiful woman. Okay. Okay, Stop right there real quick too. Mm -hmm. The guy that she comes in a minute that we're going to talk about, Oh my god, why goes the guy yeah, that is like the loseriest version of Steve Nash <laughs> that you're ever gonna see? Yeah. Like, and he calls her a six. Okay. Yeah. It's again oh. that overt, like controlled six. Of, of, like eight yeah. at the bare minimum, please. Dude, she's Give huge. She's, she's a and freaking she's a ten. If you want. Like, <laughs> she's smart, she's funny, she's yeah. a lawyer. She like she's got a place. On an app for a 35-year-old, she's a freaking 12. Yeah, she'd be, she'd be blown up. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, women can be a lot more discerning on dating apps. That's just the way it works. Uh, from my understanding, it's like, dudes, swipe uh, yes for what, – what is – is right. I don't know if right, right – okay. You can swipe you know right. You, you never really experienced this. You, you're – I know I've been out of the dating app for a long, long time. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking true. about I was thinking about this last night when I was rewatching, and I was going to ask you because for me, I've been on, I went on Bumble, and I went mm-hmm. on one date with one girl before I ever met before I met Stephanie, and so I I had one experience on a dating app, which dating is actually app. fine. I went out with the girl yeah. a couple times. It wasn't like it was bad or anything, but it it is really funny. To to because I I haven't been through this a whole lot and I was wondering if you had but knowing that you've been with Jackie for ever yeah. you know what I mean this isn't something that we were dealing with 15 years ago when I was you know when we were in high school and college it was you had to go talk to people <laughs> you had to just go up yeah. and talk to them at the bars and stuff and uh, now we just see 
what it's like for her on, on these uh, on these apps. As let's said, be real though, she'd be getting blown up. Let's that's the bottom line. Like she'd be getting too. absolutely blown up. The fact that the idea that she had like no updates, it's kind of ridiculous. There would be like the a fact, steady stream of them coming in. And the fact that she gets an alert in a little bit that says you yes. have no matches, that was one of the funnier things. <laughs> that to was me funny. In the episode, yeah. because it's like you don't get <laughs> an alert to tell you you have no matches. Yeah. <laughs> so quick update, you're a loser. So yeah. just good luck next time. Just, uh, yeah, still working, but you're still not getting any. Um, Jen says, oh, I have to be She-Hulk in the office. And she's starting to, like, think about what Nikki said. But then she gets a she gets an alert that says that she has a match. And she's, oh, see, I have a match. I don't have to be She-Hulk to get a date. Now give me back my phone. We, uh, we cut to the B storyline. Or I guess the A storyline, depending on which you uh, you think is A or is B. And we go to the office of Cornelius P. Willows, the owner and curiosity curator of the Mystic Castle. Jen and Wong are there to serve Donnie and Cornelius with the cease and desist. She tells him, this is an official warning to cease all practices of the mystic arts. Donnie. The responses in their interaction here were were kind of funny. And some of the magician stuff moving forward. Because I, I'm not positive, yeah. but I do think that these there are people like this. I mean, I don't personally know them, uh, yeah. but just in reading about them, there are some people that are like so serious about their magic and stuff like this that they that mm-hmm. they act this way. So uh, Donnie says you can't own magic, and the cure uh, Cornelius just is re- like mimicking him. Yeah, you can't own magic, and you can't trademark a spirit, register a soul, copyright <laughs> art. Uh, yeah, you can well. copyright art. <laughs> um, this is a farce. And then again, Cornelius repeats him. Are you just hype manning him? Jen, <laughs> Jen asks. And Cornelius says, maybe. Um, Donnie then asks Wong like he challenges Wong. What's the matter, Wong? Are you scared I'll become more mystical than you? And uh, Wong chimes in. The Sorcerer Supreme doesn't engage in competition, but I'm more mystical in my sleep. It's like, hey, Wong. Didn't we just see you in the abomination doing some competing? Like you're like <laughs> in a flight club. So please don't tell me that you can't do competition here, Wongers, because you know, <laughs> now you're now you're just lying to me, Wong. Now you're lying to me, and I don't like it. And uh Wong and Donnie are getting ready for a magic battle, which I I wouldn't have Thanks minded so. if this was like a mid-credit scene, you know, a Wong Donnie nah. like magic off. Uh I do yeah. appreciate how Jen just wants nothing to do with this, though. She's like, okay, come on. Yeah. You know, the magic stuff. Like, like, shut this down. She quickly intervenes. <laughs> she says, no one's proving anything. Here's a cease and desist. And then <laughs> Donnie makes it disappear. <laughs> what cease and desist? It's gone. She says, uh, I can see it sticking out of your shirt. <laughs> but yeah. I love watching Cornelius while Donnie Just is doing adjusted. his tricks. He's so amazed <laughs> yeah. by everything yeah. that oh, Donnie yeah. is doing. He's like, whoa. <laughs> his facial expressions are, are just fantastic. So good. There's a part later at, in the courtroom where they all start doing magic together, that, and I dude, burst out laughing at it. Too. Just their faces oh as they're that, doing it. They, they cut on it for just a, a little longer than they – needed to but it was it was perfect i, I that don't was, mean that in a critical way that's, that's no, what made it funny how, how long they put on it. me too that was the part i was thinking about right now too is 
when they're in the courtroom and they're doing, they're all doing their tricks. And she's like, even the lawyer's a magician. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and the lawyer's like pulling out the things and the oh string. yeah, it's so <laughs> yeah. funny. It's really funny. And um, uh, Donnie notices that as they're walking out that uh, Jen gets that little ding alert. Mm. <laughs> he says, someone's on matcher. <laughs> and uh, he looks at her and says, hey, swipe right for a hot date. And his phone is like <laughs> flaming. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so, so cringe. Corny, yeah. cringy, but it it is some of the more like actually laugh out loud moments I've had in the series so far. Because yeah, they are like they're so cringy. They're they're great. And again, it's it's a lot of the performance. Mm-hmm. This guy is great. He's a really funny actor and he, he plays a great like character actor. Yeah. <laughs> And so go ahead. Cringe yeah. magic, like bad magic is, is just a great trope to begin with. It, yes. It's just, it's like, like we talked about drunk acting. That's something that can go either way, but can be really funny when it's done. But like magic that, that to me occupies a special uh, place in, in my heart for, for comedy uh, to most in part to mostly because of Joe. We talked about it last Joe, time. Last yeah. week I mentioned him arrested development. Any chance I can it's, mention arrested development. And this is so funny. This one for sure. Donnie plays. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like definite Job, he, big a, Job energy. Oh yeah. my God. He might've been a, like a straight take off, a take off of him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He is yeah. You can so, say it's a rip off you. Yeah. He is so much like him as a, with the dove and everything too, coming out in a minute. Yeah. Um, so now we, we, I still haven't seen that movie, Burt Wonderstone, by the way. Sorry. No, to, I haven't either. Going. That's I one I've just mentioned this trope and that there's like, I think three really funny comics. And I want to say Steve Carell, uh jim carrey i think is in that am i right uh, like, okay there's, there's yes funny people in that i never saw it i don't know if it's terrible or if it's awesome okay that's that's a checklist one i'm gonna make a little note <laughs> yeah. for that one too yeah maybe um, think of that so we get to see jen dating and man this first guy he literally looks like an old steve nash and this his hair is long yeah. this dude is such a loser he is such a loser he and, and mainly because he's not giving her the time of day he talks about himself mm-hmm. but doesn't listen when she talks about herself at all he's on his phone literally on yeah. the matcher app while he's sitting there with yeah. her we hear chimes from matches from other people he doesn't pay mm-hmm. for the drinks he has three drinks and she has one and you can tell mm-hmm. he's trying not to pay and then when he walks off right. he gets on the phone and he's talking to one of his friends and he goes oh yeah she's like a 6 or so I mean, this was like in earshot. Yeah, after it was not say so bad. So it was so bad. bad, and it was honestly, it was another example to me of like they're they're going too far. They're, t- they're pushing it a little too far. Uh, where the, it's the contrived. Montage, this character isn't even trying here. The and montage character would be, after of the dates, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. mind as much. It was a, they were a little bit, a little bit be- more subtle. They it. were they like a little more grounded in their dorkiness yeah. and like yeah. there's a dork here. There's a guy that's like more of a muscly guy and then there's more of mm-hmm. a thespian and that's fine, right? Like mm-hmm. she's not necessarily interested in them, but they seemed more real. Like a guy like this, this seemed like a guy that his mom set him up on a blind date or something. Yeah, like there's no there's no guys like this. That, no. There's no guys like this that she would match with. On, no, on and that's what I was thinking too. Well, you know, Nikki's matching with everyone, so maybe she just accidentally right. matches. And she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go out with this guy." But this dude's out there with her, 
And he obviously is on the app wanting to match with other girls. You're telling me yeah. this guy matches with this girl and thinks I can do better? Pfft, give yeah. me a freaking all- break. You know, also, why doesn't she? I mean, she's a good person, and everything like he, but he's such an overt asshole. Why doesn't she call him on it? You know, before know. like, why, why does she end up paying? Like, like, why doesn't she say, Wait, aren't, aren't you gonna pay for your drink? You're just gonna leave her? Like, honestly, in that situation, it's it, they just set it up to be a little bit too contrived to try to prove their point that this guy is a really bad guy, and they bookended this whole you know, sequence with, okay, this guy's like the worst date possible. Like you, you can't even believe how bad he is. And then at the end, the other end of the spectrum, the guy that she actually likes, is like contrived in the other way. Like he's, he's too perfect. It seems phony. And like, uh, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, it, it just took me out of the, like the, the realism of it all. Not that the show needs to be no, no. super grounded it's, it's in a any way. Disingenuous to Jen's character too. Like she's a strong yes. female here. Right. Like, yeah, she yeah. doesn't seem like and and again, me and I'm I know people and women and friends that I have that are maybe have their whole life together, but maybe don't have their dating life together. So I guess that's mm-hmm. they're, they're, that's a possible. But I don't know. There just was something about this interaction that was like, why would she put up with this and even feel bad afterwards? Like, wouldn't she have been it, like, yeah. what an asshole? And then just that was it, you know? She, yeah, they're just trying to be too heavy-handed with the characterization, and yeah. it undermines the the reality of this story in in a way that I think just takes you out of it. It just, yeah. it, it just takes you out of it. it. Things can be, you know, supernatural. They can be over the top. They can be farcical in ways. But like when you start to pick apart and and look at motivations and like actual actions of the characters as something that's like that doesn't feel right. When, whenever you get that, whenever you feel like. It, it, this the, this person wouldn't do that even if in this crazy world that they've created here this person wouldn't do that then you've kind of broken the show you've broken the reality that you're trying to create so this was alan and, and she even says you know i'm running a superhuman law division i have superpowers i can lift a full-size sedan with one hand he's like mm-hmm. yeah oh thanks you know so much for the drinks they do the little dance of who's gonna pay and she pays and then Alan just answers his phone and walks off. Yeah, this is Alan. She's like a, a six, maybe. She's just like horrified. I, I thought that little dance that you mentioned was really funny, though. I, the, I've seen oh, the, that the, the, the paying dance is, is very genuine, yeah. is, is real, right? Like the that people that funny. do the way the that they stretched it out. The, the, they stretched out the editing and like her reaction, her like little nose flare and him, him like you could tell he was like kind of nervous that she was going to call him on it or whatever. He was just trying to get out of there as fast as possible. It was a, uh, I thought it was uh, a really funny moment, even, even though, again, it wasn't something that I'd never seen before. I I've seen that moment played out in comedy sketches and things like that before. So it felt a little bit like a rehash. So we cut to the courtroom and Jen is there with Wong with Donnie and his lawyer. Jen talks to the judge. Uh, we filed a complaint and a motion for a preliminary injunction against the defendant, citing unfair competition and gross negligence. Now, the judge says, I must say, I'm hard pressed to believe that a magic trick could constitute gross <laughs> negligence. Do you have any witnesses who can corroborate your claim? I saw a woman in half before? Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> right, you could be, right. You could be grossly negligent. I mean, seriously. Didn't, didn't Houdini die during a, during a magic trick? I, I was going to say, <laughs> I, yeah. Come on, judge. 
<laughs> Seriously, this might have been one of these newly appointed judges that doesn't have all the <laughs> it doesn't have all the great experience. So she looks at Jen looks at Wong. You want to win this thing or not? He goes, ah, okay. So he creates a portal to get the witness, Madison. <laughs> she's out at a club partying with a drink in a hand, but she looks over and she's really excited to see Wong. She goes, Wongers, <laughs> and, yeah. and she sees he's in the court. She goes, ah, did you get a ticket for texting? Just say you were texting 911. They can't prosecute. <laughs> and then Jennifer stops like, her. No. And she, she says, no, uh, that's not true. And I just want to ask you a few questions. So so come this way. And she says, I, Madison says, I'd love that. And uh, just have a seat <laughs> over there. And the judge tells her, you can't bring this drink in here. Madison's got a drink in her hand. And she goes, oh, here. You can finish it if you want. I'm not sick. <laughs> she just gives Laugh her out loud. Laugh out loud. I'm not, the way she says I'm not sick would crack me up. <laughs> so, she, so Madison takes the stand. Jen asks her name for the record. Madison King. Madison is with two N's, one Y, but it's not where you think. I have to do that every time possible because it's great. It's Jen so just asks her to spell it for us. Just absolutely, I will. M-A-D-I-S-Y-N-N. <laughs> Jen asks her about her participation in Donnie Blaze's show. She says, first, he gave me roses that didn't smell like anything. And then he pushed me into a fireland. <laughs> Jen asks, well, that must have been terrifying. How did you escape? I made a pact with a demon that I cannot discuss. <laughs> Otherwise, he said he would reap my soul and all the souls I love. Which, honestly, is so dramatic, and I hate drama. That line, that, was, that line too. The drama. Oh my god, she's great. That was, that was the one that got me. And the, yeah. Just the way she, the way she says the. Otherwise, he said he would uh, reap my reap soul and the soul of all that I love, which is just honestly so dramatic. And at, and at Jen, first, I did, I did a double take there. I'm like, did they just say the R? Yes. No. Okay. Different. Different word. Okay. <laughs> different R word. So, Jen's like, oh god, this is bad. This is not going well. Um, and she, Madison says the demon. I think his name is Jake. And then I, I la the next line, just the way, like the timing of all of it. Cornelius goes, I know Jake. Yeah, and I just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that, that is so funny to me too. But just <laughs> like the whole thing going with Madison, and then all of a sudden he's like, the guy is like, I know that guy. You know, it's like what? Probably a different Jake, but it's, like. Sure. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard for like the littlest thing. This this scene, this five minutes yeah. might be my favorite part of the episode of the series so far. Just in the courtroom yeah. between her testifying mm -hmm. and then what we were talking about, like right after, which is gonna come up in a second. Um mm. so um Jen asks or Madison Madeline, Madison goes on. Oh, you do? Okay, so uh he opened a portal that dropped me off at Wonger's house, and that's how we became besties. <laughs> Jen asks, how would you describe your emotional state during this saga? And again, just a line that so, I, again, yeah. I thought was great. Great, And she, yeah. she says, great question to her, which I guess. <laughs> yeah. Who says that great to question. a lawyer that's, that's when you're on the stand? Great question. Um, she has fun answering it. <laughs> at first, it was fun. Then scary, yeah. then fun again, then spooky, 
but in a fun way. <laughs> so good. Um, yes, thank you, Madison. You can sit down. And and then Dolly. I love what the lawyer says here now. He yeah, stands yeah. up and he says, Your Honor, I move to dismiss. As you can see, Donnie's performance is a fun and spooky experience, which is the sweet <laughs> spot for magic, in my professional yes. opinion. <laughs> just, money. That's a money line. Just, sweet great. spot. And I mean, in my in my which is a sweet spot. A spooky yet fun. The bottom line, you cannot copyright magic. Uh, there is precedent though. And uh, Jen says the precedent you are referring to is for card tricks and disappearing women who never speak. This is different because the mystic arts, in fact, real magic. And then these guys, you would have thought that she, you would have thought that she, you know, disrespected like their life, their religion, their family. These guys are, oh oh my God. And each one of them start doing their individual (laughs) tricks. Like Donnie's trying to do the fire stuff. Cornelius stands up. The lawyer's pulling out all these different colored things. It's literally like you're watching a circus for a few seconds. I just, this moment was hilarious. And Cornelius goes, wow, it changed color. Like he's looking at one of the things that's happening. And Jed just goes, oh my God, even the lawyer's a magician. Oh my God. And, (laughs) And Wong asks if he can say a few things um and so wong wants to give his speech this case travels beyond these courtroom walls the men you are seeking to wield the men you are you see are seeking to wield the power of gods and that places us on the edge of a precipice one man in the mortal realm has the ability to cause a ripple so great it reverberates through every dimension and that ripple through galaxies has the ability to destroy to destroy all life within the known and unknown universe Madison just goes, case closed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the judge says, no, this case is far from closed. I need to review the motion. You'll have my decision in a few weeks. And Donnie asks, your honor, in the interim, could you grant us the preliminary injunction to stop the defendant from engaging in this dangerous behavior? Um, so that's what Jen asks about Donnie. And Donnie says, no, this is my life, my art, mi passion, magic. <laughs> He just throws a smoke bomb, and the judge says, stop throwing smoke bombs. (laughs) How did he get these through security anyways? Uh, But then then he pulls out a bunny, like this cute little bunny, Mm -hmm. and he wins the judge over. So she says, oh, okay, I agree with Mr. Blaze. He may continue to practice his livelihood pending my decision. Court is adjourned. And the, the yeah. magicians celebrate for this moment. They have won. And Cornelius, I also have a bird. Like, just the things that he says are, I know yeah. Jake. I know that guy. It's just like, yeah. he chimes yeah. in with, you know, like the peanut gallery, like just commentary that is so stupid, but funny. And uh, yeah. it, so Donnie gets to continue to practice his magic mm-hmm. while uh, this investigation is going on. Wong is pretty pissed. He wants to just send Donnie to the mirror dimension. Probably won't even die. Uh, Jen reminds him no, that'll that'll ruin our case. But uh, Madison has a better idea. Wongers, can we get Froyo? No. We can talk about the Sopranos. Fine. No more spoilers. And then he gives a huge one. I mean, big, she gives probably the biggest one. The biggest the one. Biggest spoiler. 
I don't even feel comfortable mentioning it. Yeah, we shouldn't. I don't even want to say the line, but it was a huge spoiler, and Wong is furious. And uh, so it's it's funny, but I'm like, wow, I really can't believe they did that. You know, even all these years later, you know, spoiling a a really huge show like that. When you talk about Sopranos, Mm -hmm. I mean. That's on people's all-time best top five, top ten, like everyone's lists. Yeah, of, and of it's being shows. revisited. It's mm-hmm. a show that has um, popped up again, time, time and again, uh, in its popularity. Uh, you know, new generations are always being turned onto it because it's a timeless, like it's a perfect show. It's one of the shows that truly kicked off the uh, the TV renaissance that we're uh, experiencing right now. We might actually be already over the crest there with it, uh, seeing the best days. Uh, maybe we're in for another resurgence, but um, that the premium TV that we know today like didn't really exist before The Sopranos, and uh, and it's it's a testament to how good that show is that like new audiences are discovering it to this very day, and and it and it, it lands with those audiences at the top of their lists. So very cool show. Got to give Jen, a pass for. Uh, Jen and Nikki are chatting on the phone. Nikki reminds Jen that you know it's Friday night and you're working. You even realize tomorrow's Saturday. Jen sort of she she wants to make Nikki feel better about it. Yeah, yeah. I I got a bunch of dates and swiping and stuff to do. So yeah, we're good. We're good. Don't worry about it. But she has no matches. In fact, this is when she gets that alert that says no new matches. She says, "Why is that an alert?" And uh, she decides to create the She Hulk profile. Much more fun, casual, smiling pictures, and then she just starts swiping like crazy, and almost immediately she's up to twenty plus matches. So right. we get the Jen dating montage now. So I think we see her throughout this episode overall go on like five, four or five dates total. The first, mm-hmm. the first one in a row uh, as she's the She Hulk is with David Otunga, a former WWE wrestler. And a lawyer, yeah. he has a law degree, which is kind of funny. Wow, so it's probably like a That's double a entendre. Egg. Yeah, so like a, it, oh, sure. he was, yeah. that was part of his character when he wrestled was he would always talk about how smart he was. I have a law degree. I'm smarter than you. You know, I can mm. I can manipulate the situation. And he is a um like he was a bodybuilder too, like physically great yeah. shape, big dude, muscle bound guy, and he uh. Says you look stunning. Can I ask you a personal question? How much can you deadlift? <laughs> she says. <laughs> she uh, she says a literal ton. And he says, well, "I just did six hundred, and I'm not even a superhero." <laughs> and then he gets a little. Bro- then he gets a little broy at the waiter. Oh, can yeah. somebody take our order? And it's just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's it. If you're not, not nice to help, you're done, right? Like, yeah. don't, don't that's a red flag. Right, right off the bat. So. Adios Otunga. Next guy is a filmmaker, kind of like a an art house type person. Sort of has yeah, that kind look. of a nerd. Yeah, mentions that he has a movie that just premiered at Sundance. It was actually about a lawyer. His expertise is constitutional law and how he became the attorney to the vice president. And uh, so she's kind of dorky. Nothing much there. But the next guy is a total fanboy. And this one yeah. was a little bit weird because. He, he said, I have to admit, I was a fan before we matched, but oh, your battle with Titania in court, it was incredible. And she's, she says, yeah, people love using that word around me. And he goes, oh, yeah, because 
Oh my god. Yeah. Are you are you are you truly indestructible? <laughs> this one laughed. This one made me laugh. It's just oh, I don't know. I haven't really tested it out. I'm not looking yeah. to get myself killed. You know, it's like right. I don't really know. I'm yeah. not pushing the boundaries yeah. here. <laughs> How do you find out? So he asks her, "What about super speed, night vision, impenetrable skin?" Which is a little interesting because if we just remember a week ago, we saw her attackers trying to right. jab her skin. Yeah. In and it's it's interesting that he mentions Titania because in the comics, Titania try is tries to get Jen's blood and and uses the blood to make herself super powered. So there's a tie to maybe all of this in some way, shape, or form, even with Titania, you almost wondered if this was like a spy, if this guy was like a mole, you know, that was really had more motivation, or if he was just a total dork because yeah. he calls her, what a specimen. She says, yeah, that was creepy. Did you just call me a specimen? As, yeah. a, as a compliment, you know? <laughs> and so Jen breaks the fourth wall and looks at us and says, God, is there anything worse than dating in your 30s? <laughs> so now she's a little, like, a little frustrated because she's been going on all these bad dates now. Yeah. And her next date is, like, perfect. Like you said, it's, like, too perfect. Too perfect. He's yeah. in medicine. Maybe that's part of the joke, too. I have to acknowledge yeah. that. Like, I think that's part of the thing here. Maybe his character was being a little bit too perfect as, you know, his way of manipulating his way into, you know, uh, what what ultimately happens in the episode. Uh, but uh, for me, it came off as a little bit too heavy handed in the writing. And so she, he says he's in medicine. She goes, oh, what's that? The code for selling Adderall? No, I'm a pediatric oncologist. I'm like, a cancer doctor for that. kids. Yeah. Like, so, oh, legit. OK. <laughs> oh, and he and then he says, can I be honest with you? I've been on so many first dates I hate <laughs> talking about myself. Tell me about you. And that's just like, yeah, that's just like the panty dropper right yeah. there. That line. Jen is just like, oh, my goodness. Um, it's then, exactly and, what women want. But like to the nth degree where it's almost like not believable. Like the yes, way this guy's it's, he's saying it's, all the right things too perfectly uh, where it's not human anymore. <laughs> and then he says the most perfect line of all. And should we split some fries? Yeah. <laughs> And that was the one that really she says, yes, but let's get those to go because Jen is ready to. Boop, boop. <laughs> yeah. um, she's going to bam pow. She's ready. So we uh, we flash back to Donnie and he's doing his magic. He's performing a show and he opens a portal, but the volunteer does not want to go through <laughs> this girl. She said that last week a friend of her ended up in a parking garage in Pomona. <laughs> and then Donnie uh, asks again, but she refuses. Says, I'm not going to get into your weird fire hole, <laughs> which I thought was a funny line. So Donnie right. moves on yeah. to a different trick. He gets a dove to appear, and the dove flies around. This actually impresses the crowd a little bit. They seem like pretty, uh, pretty impressed by what had just happened, and the. The dove actually lands in the hands of this girl who is their yeah. uh, the volunteer, and it lays this egg right into her hands. It looks like it's this beautiful little baby. Kid. It's a <laughs> demon. Oh, my God. Yeah. This thing gets bigger. 
and bigger, and Donnie has to open another portal to get rid of yeah. him. So it looks for a moment like it was all something that he tried to make part of the act. Yeah. But this demon crawls back up through the portal, and now tens and even hundreds of these demons yeah. are flying all around the Mystic Castle. The crowd is scared. They all run off, and and all hell literally is starting to break loose here. Yeah. So a couple of things I, I, I noticed here. First, I, you just reminded me of this great line earlier with Madison when she's first introduced to the uh, the fire hole, and she just like looks back at it and goes, "Ew!" <laughs> like I, that cracked she me up. He does do an "ew." Yes. Yeah. I, I love the way. I, I just thought it was so funny that like whatever's on the other side was just gross to her, but she wasn't like you know too freaked out by it at all. Uh, and the other thing I noticed here, it's a little bit of a critique, but um, actually the whole sequence played out really nicely. I thought the CG was really good. There's one critique I had. It was like the audience reaction felt like, like, Oh my God, these are just paid extras that they, they were there for a half hour. And like it, they, there's this one moment where the, the gremlin, you know, first goes onto the floor in front of them and then everyone's kind of freaking out and they all just kind of lean back in their chairs. Like in no unison. one gets up out of their chair or like moves, moves their legs out of the, like there's no, they, they, they're glued to their chairs in this really awkward way. It's too like clean for a group yeah, people, of people to look like people would be freaking out, like jumping up on the chair. They would be, you know, maybe moving out into the, the, uh, the aisles and stuff like that. But it was this weird, like cutaway that just, I don't know. It didn't, it took me out of it a little bit. I thought it was kind of laughable, kind of a, a minor quibble though. in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, most people are probably looking at their phones while that shot happened. So, um, yeah, that's just the way it is. But yeah, the, the sequence itself, pretty good, pretty good, pretty funny. And I love the the turn from like the sweet dove laying the egg to like the demonic gremlins kind of a vibe there. Uh, very fun, not o- overtly like scary or anything like that. But uh, just that kind of sweet, again, that sweet spot that the lawyer talked about, like the sweet spot for magic, it kind of hit that spooky a little bit. Spooky so, but fun. Wong is now watching This Is Us. When uh, when Donnie appears through a portal asking for help, Wong tells to Donnie to call my lawyer. I like he looks so badass in that moment too. He does. He really does. Gets a little money shot. And Wong goes to help. Um, we then flash back oh, to wait. Jen. Before we move on though, too, that, I, I, had, I had some thoughts about the call my lawyer thing. Like, please do. First reaction was like how it was a funny moment that turned kind of badass for Wong and I, I thought that like one striking shot of him going to the portal was like a really cool superhero money shot I could totally see that going on the uh the Marvel logo at the be- at the beginning of the movies one day um but the other thing I thought of and this comes up a lot is like call my lawyer what do you mean call my lawyer like call call the Avengers or like the surviving Avengers at least you know call who, or isn't there anybody else he can call he's just gonna call his lawyer I know when, where's Doctor Strange uh, to come help you you know like yeah, exactly I think I think She-Hulk is relevant calling the lawyer is relevant I guess but like it almost didn't make sense to me I'm okay I'm, I'm trying to break it down now maybe it's just because like of the Donnie magic that, had a, yeah Donnie had a connection to her and she's already kind of familiar with this like Donnie can't call anyone but the lawyer. It's not like Donnie has Dr. Strange's number. So that, that's the best thing that Donnie can do, I guess. That, yeah, I, she I guess can help in, how it makes sense. in both ways, right? Because she was but the one again, that's getting... Yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. sorry to cut you off again. No, but no, I just had to stop, like, but Then again, is he saying, call my lawyer? Like, I'm going to call my lawyer? Or is he telling Donnie to call call my lawyer? Because then he still shows up at you. Oh, that's right. He does say, 
you weren't answering your phone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When it's he all, shows it's up all making sense to me now. That's right. That's right. So, okay. yeah. So I guess it, it works on the double where that they've already had this case in the works. And this is what, what yeah. he was talking about and saying, hey, I'm, I'm worried about uh, you know, all the ripple effects of, of Donnie practicing magic. So we see Jen yeah. on uh, on her date and she's 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 She-Hulk. And she's telling a story to her date uh, back at her place. Mm-hmm. Now, this was the one thing about all of this that didn't make sense to me about this guy. So mm-hmm. she's telling him how she had to transform into She-Hulk for work. And he is yeah. very understanding about it. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. He even says, wow, that must have been really difficult for you. How were you feeling at that moment? Tell me about your feelings. <laughs> right. Right. So then the next morning when she wakes up and she's not She-Hulk and he's just runs off disgusted by her, I thought that yeah. was a little bit weird because it was weird, dude. It made it made no sense in the writing. The only thing that you could make sense of that is if you go, okay, the guy was being manipulative the whole time to, to get just another way to yeah. It, right. it, so he knew all the right things to say, like and that and that's why it felt so almost like robotic. Like oh my god, is this did the writers just like write a guy that's like exactly like what a woman wants, like to the T. Uh, like with no exceptions whatsoever. That's kind of I like that interpretation realistic. better. That he was just playing her. It's the right? only way it makes sense because I mean, like there's a the part later when she comes back and he's reading Bad Feminist like on his own. I, I if he's like a legitimate feminist, he would have empathy and and different types of feelings when he sees the real Jen in the morning. In the morning, like, there's no way he responds that way in the morning. I know. So I, right, it just yeah, it had to be phony. That's the only I, way that it makes sense. It's either phony or it's bad writing. Yep. So she, her phone keeps blowing up and she keeps ignoring it. And as you said, this guy is saying all the right things. Seems <laughs> really into She Hulk. She has this moment where she spills a drink on him and he has to take his shirt off. Yeah. And they're just she about to start <laughs> kissing, and then Wong has to interrupt and ask for help. Yeah. So she kind of. I, I had him. some weird. Go I had ahead. some weird thoughts about this too. Please, <laughs> please. A lot of thoughts toward the end here. Um, yeah. This show is an adult show. I think that this this episode really showed that to me, and I, I think we kind Absolutely. of knew that b- beforehand. Um, you know, it's a, it's a show about lawyers. It's a show uh, about a woman in her 30s. Uh, she's dating. She's on Tinder. There's, um, you know, even a sexual aspect to this. Why is the sensibility of the show so childish while while the, the subject matter they're trying to explore is, is I agree. adult? There's a weird incongruity to, I know. Yeah, to, to the tone of this show. And it's it's it, there's an it's issue like there. Like, shows. Who is this for? Yeah. Why are we catering? We're, we're making it. It's like it's like we're trying to make an adult show that you can watch in front of your kids, uh, and then it has a lot You're of right. kid-like sensibilities to it. And it's like because right. it's like the the producers know, okay, MCU completists are going to want to watch everything. So uh, you know, MCU fans, a lot of them are kids. So even with this adult skewed show, we have to make it at least suitable for kids and and cater to them in some ways. Um, I don't know that that's the best thing. And I don't know that that's a good sign for what we were talking about with what they're going to do with the other uh, darker, more adult-themed uh, characters in the MCU, Deadpool, namely. We were talking about that last week, I think. Um, I, I It makes me think that 75% uh, of the of the raunchiness that we were talking about getting as like a the point that we're going to aim for, I, 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 I'm lowering that to about 50% right now because my expectations are like they're not doing a, a, like – adult stuff in a way that is actually adult on the show. 
it's a weird, it's a weird uh, kind of um, contradiction uh, from the way I that agree. they're, they're it, writing it. it. Yeah. Every, when they, there'll be a few moments in a, in a scene or two where it feels like they're going to lean into it, and then it it sort mm-hmm. of bounces back the other way to where yeah. it's like, ah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It does sometimes feel like just two different shows going on. And and Did, why I thought of that here is they're about to basically have sex. They're heavily implying, you know, sex here. And the, the way they're showing it is this: it's such this middle school like dance. She's got her arm, her hands on his shoulders. In this weird way, I know it's awkward because like the size of them too. So that's probably what they're playing with too. And it's CG stuff that they have to deal with, like the placement of the hands. We want to do that in an easy way for the artist to be able to do. But it felt so awkward, like there were these adults that were conforming to like a middle school dance um, you know, boundaries. You know, like oh, you mm-hmm. can't you keep your bodies like apart. You know, they they couldn't like put their torsos together. You know what I mean? They had to keep their arm length apart hands on shoulders like it was a, it's, it's again kind of awkward so jen agrees to go help and wong tells her to be a hulk so she starts <laughs> swatting these demons all yeah. over using her strength and wong it's kind of like they're playing baseball wong's like opening yeah. up a portal and then she's got to swat like swat yeah. these demons into these portals and and nail them so a couple questions i had about this like where are they coming from and where are they being right. hit back into yeah. Are they are they coming from the same realm or dimension that they're being sent to? That's a great point. Yeah, we might be he, he, they might be stirring up an issue with another realm because we're sending these bad demons to maybe the wrong place. Maybe we're kind of remind me of the back where they came from. Just because they're flying, but they don't really look like that. Yeah. They and when you hit them, apparently they grow. She like taps on one of them right. and they get bigger and bigger. They get bigger with human touch. They don't die. Yeah. Uh, so she's. She's trying to get through this quick because she just wants to get back to her date. Uh, she wants to be kissing him because yeah. um, these are technically billable hours at the moment. Yeah. And in, instead, she is covered in demon goo. Yeah, she, she wants that semen goo, not that demon she goo. Oh, I, 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 well why played. did I do that? <laughs> why well did played. I do that? <laughs> um, Delete that. Delete that. <laughs> so she does away with all but one of them, and she grabs the demon. And she goes over to Donnie and Cornelius who are hiding in the corner, and she basically threatens them with it. She says, hey, look, I'm gonna, I can get rid of this demon as long as you guys sign the cease and desist. Donnie's a little hesitant, but Cornelius <laughs> agrees immediately. So uh, by force, she's able to get them to agree here. Yeah. So Strong-armed them. Yep. She then returns to her date back at her apartment. She actually drops right on top of him, kind of <laughs> straddling him. As he's reading, uh, she wants some for sure. Mm. Uh, she does have some demon guts in her hair, though. Not necessarily, yeah. not necessarily <laughs> the uh, the most flattering when she sits down there. But she doesn't really wait much. I mean, she just picks him up and she takes him right into the bedroom. And, that was uh, funny. I thought that then, was really funny. And we get the, ooh, baby, do you know what that's <laughs> worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. earth. <laughs> Belinda, yeah. which shout out to my aunt Ellie, uh, who passed away. My mom's sister loved Belinda. Uh-huh. Deep, deep ocean was her all time favorite. I was like three when she passed away years ago, and I still remember mm. being a child listening to Belinda with my aunt. Wow. But uh, <laughs> it just makes me smile thinking about it. But this this scene was that was funny, and she's she's pumped. Like the next morning, she's smiling, you know. She's made breakfast. She's got fresh squeezed OJ. Yeah. This, it felt 
kind of genuine. She's talking to her friend on yeah. the phone, right? She's kind yeah. of talking about what happened last night. Her and Nikki are going on, or she's texting with Nikki, and Nikki yeah. lets her know, oh, hey, Titania is in the news again. So she mm. turns on the news, and she sees that Titania has been cleared of all charges. She's like, well, this is weird, but she's yeah. she's spitting right now. So she's not it's not really yeah. bothering her quite yet. And then her date wakes up, and she's super excited to see him. He is not excited to see her at all. He asks, who are you? It's so <laughs> dumb. Like, can we can we just stop there? Like, the, the face that he's making, like, he's like, what? He's, he's so confused, like, when he sees her. And it's like, did you not look? You're you're a pediatric oncologist. You went to medical you. school. You went, you went out you. To, with, this, with this woman who's a famous She-Hulk, been in the news. You weren't aware that she had another identity, and you didn't, like, glance at a photo of that beforehand that at some point you weren't you weren't scrolling through facebook or like you know just the new york times or the la times or whatever like just googling her a little bit and this this celebrity that you're dating you didn't know about this aspect it totally caught you by surprise ridiculous uh, and and she told we we saw them talk about it the night she before. told him so, literally this yeah. exact thing has been a struggle yeah. for her and then he immediately i agree this this was the part that, yeah, that it, it it felt like they wanted to get to a certain point and they get mm-hmm. there, right, with him leaving, but how they got there didn't make a lot of sense. It's contradict again, contradictory. You've got characters like kind of betraying their own morals yeah. and values and their ethos, like the the things that make them the character you thought you they, understood. They should have they should have done one little mm-hmm. thirty second clip. To let us see that this guy was shady, so that way we knew. Yeah, maybe, you know or I mean? even like, even if we had seen it in a less, in a more subtle way, in a more subtle way, a less overt way, like he just kind of goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna go," like right away, which is rude. Like you would, you yeah. do that, you would say that to somebody, and you would know that you were hurting their feelings. Like they, and, she just told you she made like breakfast. You're you're not gonna go. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have to go somewhere. Like, I know. Like I, you're not gonna make up a story. Even an asshole is gonna make up a story to like spare the person. Oh, and, and I'm sorry. I got work. I'm the running drama late. of the moment. Like yeah, anything. yeah. This anything guy was you could just like I'm leaving. You could have had him stick around a little bit, maybe give her a hug, but then you see his actual face is kind of like he's kind of disappointed. Grossed out. A small or... girl. Yeah. yeah. When he kissed, he had a, he was fetishizing the, the larger woman. That's another aspect that. I, I noticed is like all the men were were using. They were all using uh, like dating. They were using uh, Jen, uh, and they were fetishizing her for one reason or another. For being she be, be large. It's got to be overt for a reason, so that way when they set up the pug character or whoever is the guy that she right. falls for, that's right, really right. nice. That he stands right. out as more of like a. But yeah, it, it just feels too perfect. Then. I yeah. there are just two. For the three or four times, there there were a couple eye rolls, you know, to yeah. where you're just like, I just don't know if this was genuine. And then because the times that there are is like, oh, that felt good. Like when she wakes up and she's talking <laughs> with Nikki and she's smiling, like that's how her you would be the morning after. But mm-hmm. this dude, he just leaves. And and as he leaves, she breaks the fourth wall and she looks at us and she says, yeah, hot doctor, total cliche anyways. <laughs> but then she gets a knock at the door. And this is kind of like what you said. She actually thinks it was the guy realizing mm-hmm. that he is be- he had just been an asshole. Yeah, just, yeah. Just trying to say I'm sorry. And she she walks over like, oh, I know that was kind of rude, but it's it's not him. <laughs> She's yeah. being served with papers. Um, 
She's being sued for the misuse of a trademark, the name She-Hulk, which Titania sued her for using the name, her own name. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Copyright uh, infringement and like spurious lawsuits uh, regarding that is kind of, is, is a real thing. I mean, people get sued for, you know, in the YouTube space and like IP space for this sort of thing all the time. And a lot of times, I mean, there's, there's companies that like are just full on phony companies that their whole deal is just like suing people for, for copyright violations that they truly don't own the copyright o- over. And they just kind of overwhelm the system and, and end up kind of strong arming people into, into paying. So it, this is something I thought was a really fun, interesting uh, uh, turn for the story. And it's also, uh, we talked about this a little bit before, episodic versus serialized uh, storytelling here. This is definitely an example in this moment of you know them planting seeds for more of a serialized thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue on you know further episodes. Um, Not just the monster but, of the week, case right, of the week, exactly. story of the week, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I was th- I started to talk about that earlier uh, with Wong, you know, being back in this episode. You know, that it kind of speaks to that as well. Him returning is a little bit of a serialized aspect of it all, but the way it, you know, the way the episode is structured, it's very episodic. It's like a singular, contained story about Wong uh, and this particular conflict that he's having with Donnie Blaze. Whereas, like, they didn't actually pick up where they left off, you know, last time, where he was kind of fleeing from justice in a way they don't they don't follow up on that at all and then we had no blonsky in this episode whatsoever but right right but she did mention like we saw stuff on the to-do list and if Mm -hmm. you've seen any trailers that like blonde there is more blonsky because i do think we get Mm -hmm. to the retreat that he runs and like the some of the things we i think we get out to his property at some point so i it's funny that you brought that up because this is something that uh, the one that I always remember was the ultimate warrior. So in wrestling, mm-hmm. what's really key is because you come in and you have a name that's like a character name for most people. Mm-hmm. You know, Hulk Hogan, his real name isn't Hulk Hogan. It's Terry Bollea. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan comes in and then the name gets copyrighted. So, yeah. you you know, for ultimate warrior, for example, he came in, they made him the ultimate warrior, and then he wanted to leave the WWE. But when he left, he can't use that name anywhere else. Like he can't go right. work as the ultimate warrior anywhere else. So he changed his actual name to warrior. <laughs> nice. So that I way that. he could use the name warrior because that's his actual name in print. And so when he went to WCW and whenever he wrestled after WWF, his he wrestled as warrior oh, and not that's, ultimate warrior. That's um, awesome. And, and this is a thing that happens with a lot of people now. And Prince, they, Prince is another they, example before yes. we go on, like yeah. that's that iconic moment. A lot of people thought Prince was crazy at the time uh, because he changed his name from Prince to this, this symbol that was kind of like an amalgamation of like the male symbol and something else. Um, but uh, it was, uh, it was all about copyright. It was all about the rights to his music and his name uh, and the ability to, to market himself uh, and who's getting that money, who owns the identity of Prince. So that's why, it was a, at the time, it was kind of a groundbreaking uh, move on his part to just go, no, I'm not Prince. I'm the artist formerly known as Prince. So mm-hmm. they all know who it is. You still get to keep making money. You still kind of in a roundabout way get to still be Prince. Yep. And you have, you know, news stories that are kind of boosting your your image. Like it was it was such a good move for him back in the day. Uh, a lot of people misunderstood what was going on with that, though. It was it was an absolute business move for him to do that. And it helped him. 
uh, gain a lot of control over, you know, his masters and moving forward. I, I know Prince as of now, you know, he's, he's passed away, but his, um, his estate has tons of material left to release and they're, they're going to be eating off of that for like the next 500 years. I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous uh, how much material they, they stock problem they, they now own. And a lot of that all has to do with that, that business decision around like who owns the name Prince. So <laughs> Jen tells us, I mean, kind of a bummer way to end this episode. I bet there's a fun tag. Oh, there is. There is yeah, a fun tag. I like, I like that line again too. And I thought Tatiana Maslany in that moment did such a great job delivering that line. I thought she's so like cute and lovable. In she's that so moment. sweet. Yeah. Like I really she have a crush it. on her for sure. Now yeah. she's like her and I, t- I think her and Kate Bishop are my two favorite mm-hmm. of the more recent characters that I've just like mm-hmm. had these like crushes on lovable crushes on yeah. because they seem very real. Like their characters seem pretty down to earth for the most part. And mm-hmm. uh, this was, yeah, this was, for some of the gripes that we had, right? It's not perfect. It's a sitcom. So like mm-hmm. sitcoms are are like this, right? They're sometimes yeah. they're cringy, they're eye-rolly, a lot of jokes that don't hit. The ones that did hit in this episode hit the best for me so far of the series. The ma- yeah. the magic, the magician stuff, yeah. and just the long and Madison stuff, which is our, our yeah. mid-credit scene. The yeah. they're watching This Is Us, Wong and Madison. They're watching shows together. They're just total BFFs now. Yeah. And they sit and they talk about all the different drinks that they've had while they're yeah. eating popcorn. So she Madison will bring up a drink and then Wong will will say if he if he's had it or not. And <laughs> and it's like just, a little kid with an adult, is, like, you know, asking the question. And it's kind of, there's something, like, natural to, like, the way she's yeah. sitting there eating the popcorn, just asking yeah. him about it. And Hoodie up, yeah. And Wong, uh, she, she says, tequila sunrise. Yeah. Like, Wong, like, yeah. like nods. Long Island iced tea. Yep. And <laughs> uh, she says, blue carousel? He says, no, what's blue carousel? She says... I don't know. It's blue. <laughs> it just, it just popped me so bad. And then she asked about a Manhattan, which he's had Uh slow gin fizz. No, for Wong <laughs> vodka straight. No, but Wong has had vodka, vodka with milk, <laughs> with oh. milk. And Madison wants to try some yak's yeah. milk for sure. But, uh, <laughs> She says, what's your favorite drink, Wonger? And he says, gin and tonic. And she, her response, when she's like, oh, my God. She throws <laughs> yeah. her hands up to do, like, the dancing thing. Like, she's dancing. Yeah. And she says, Wongers, okay. I don't know if they do bottomless gin and tonics, but we <laughs> find it. That's so good. It's, yeah, she's really likable. And it's, it's, a, it's a really good trick that, Marvel does mm-hmm. in that when they have these, you can have a less than stellar movie or show mm-hmm. that ends with a good mid credit or post credit banger <laughs> yeah. like this, and it feels you good, makes you feel good. Yeah, leaving, yeah, you know, like you feel positive leaving, even if everything wasn't perfect. Because the last yeah. thing I remember about this is Madison, who was a standout part of this episode to me, even though there were. Right. Plenty of critiques that we've had about this episode. So mm-hmm. it's a smart thing that they do. 
Yeah. And I've had critiques about this whole series uh, from the beginning, but uh, I think we said this at the beginning. This was a really entertaining, fun episode. I think it was my favorite one so far. We talked last week about, you know, hitting the stride and the show kind of, you know, turning into what it's going to be. This, I feel like, was full steam. And maybe that's why they pulled it from from uh, later in the season to, to put up front to just give it a little bit more boost at, at the beginning to kind of fight off the the critiques of people like us and the, the harsher voices out there, which there are many. If you Google right now She-Hulk uh, videos, most of the videos are around it is criticism. At least that's what I'm, I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of criticism coming up on, on my timeline. And some of it I agree with. Some of it's the same stuff we're seeing. Some of it is a little bit more just focused on like this kind of feminism woke kind of angle on it and being very radically against that or, or very much for that. I'm kind of in the middle. I just don't like it when the writing's too heavy handed about well, it. It's, it's got to feel natural, yeah. right? You it's can, you can story I characters. want these stories to be told. I just want them to be told yeah. in a way where it doesn't feel like they're forcing it down our throats. That's yeah. all. Right. I have right. no problem and, with the stories. I just want the stories to be told in the best possible way. That's all. Yeah, just 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 have characters that feel a little bit more real, more naturally motivated, more you know that represent how people act. You know, that's something that is uh, not too much to ask for, I think. Uh, and you can put whatever message you want into. I'm for all their messages. I'm for pro women stuff, equality, um, any kind of progressive politics they want to put into the show and show us, you know, how people are affected by these things and how people can do better. Uh, that's that's great, but I just want the story to- Do it well, be, that's all. Yeah, it has to feel cohesive. It has to come together and it has to be good. That's that's the most important thing. Um, you, you can't put your your social- uh, Justice. Your, your, yeah, your, your, your goals, like for how people are gonna perceive and what people are gonna get from the, the story, I think you can't put that first. You have to kind of put, the story first. You have to start with mm -hmm. good story and good characters and, and go from there. You can have that in your mind the whole time of I want to use this as, as a as a, a vehicle for you know these messages to get out there. And that's the most important thing, you know, as a writer or, or a producer or creator. But the ultimately no one's gonna care about what's going on if it's not a good story and if it's not entertaining, it's not engaging. So there has to it has to be a balance. It, it can't be one in front of the other. Loved some of the side characters we met in here with Donnie Blaze, with Cornelius, with Madison, and uh, yeah. the awful dates were awful. But we got to see the MCU getting a little horny. TK, my friend, <laughs> I know you were feeling a little under the weather this week. Thank you so much for uh, for Thank helping you. out. Really appreciate it. And we are in uh, next week. We'll be halfway home. Uh, there's nine wow. episodes here, and we we do know that we have. Uh, Daredevil coming sometime soon, so that's something yeah. to be excited about in the uh, in the coming episodes. And yeah, it's, this with these sitcom types, they're never going to be perfect. But I feel <laughs> I felt good about this episode coming out. It was fun. I I like the tone a lot more. There were misses, but if the next few episodes are the quality of this and the same sort of like template that I've said a few mm -hmm. times, I'll be fine with it. Like I I like where yeah. they're going, and we do know that. Titania is going to be a bigger part of this show. Blonsky is still going to be involved. We're going to see mm -hmm. Bruce again at some point. He's on the ship to Sakaar. That, you know, those are still things that are going. And we are in the Wong cinematic universe right now. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> and it, feel, it feels like, again, the right cinematic universe as of right now. I'm glad to be a part of it and uh, talking about it with you every week. 
Tim Kelly will be here with us each and every week. Give him a follow at Tim is not funny on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you so much, TK. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your weekend, buddy. Look forward to talking uh, episode five with you next week. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Don't go anywhere, folks. Still a lot more to come on this episode. That's what G said. And that's going to do it for this episode. So if you're behind on She-Hulk, you, you know, we've got all of them. We've got all of the Disney Plus shows, movies, everything in the Disney Plus era. We have recapped, deep dive, everything Marvel and MCU. Same thing for Star Wars. We'll be taking you through week by week with Andor when it comes out in just a few weeks. Tim Kelly will be here with us for all the Marvel stuff. We'll probably have a couple different guests to join us for the Star Wars stuff. So a big thanks always to Tim and always a big thanks to all of the guests, all of the sponsors, and all of you for tuning in to That's What G Said. There is so much great content out there, so many great podcasts, movies, TV shows, streaming services, sports that you're watching. Anytime you tune in and you're clicking on this show, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. We're always going to do our best to give you those deep dive breakdowns of every race, game, movie, TV show, Anything that we're going to be uh, talking about for you, previewing, recapping, we're always going to give you that same quality uh, breakdown, that same quality information. Hope everyone has a nice next few days. NFL just started, so we'll have tons of NFL content each and every week. We'll recap all the games and then dive into NFL Week 2 coming up on the next episode with Eric. We'll always have our This Week in Wrestling segments Later in the week, once we can recap everything that went on throughout the week with Chad Cooper, we'll bring on different guests to talk some horse racing. Just a few weeks left with Louisiana Downs, and then we'll uh, have a lot of Santa Anita coming up in a few weeks when they kick off uh, right around the time that Louisiana is closing up. So hope everyone has a uh, good few days. Good luck in all of your wagering. Enjoy the start of football season, and we'll be back to talk to you soon.